Welcome. You've got mail. Hey folks, welcome to another edition of TechStream. I'm Seth Everett, he is Shelly Palmer, and today we are talking about Instagram, but it's not just Instagram, it's TikTok, and it's all the apps, Snapchat, it's all the apps that we know about, we know how they work, we know what they do, but the impact on children. Uh, I have two you know, young children, you are a little older than me, so you have two young grandchildren, there's a yep. difference. Um, but nonetheless, it is something that we're both dealing with. And I think that the key to the whole thing is understanding how difficult it is to be a parent in today's age, when if you're the only kid in school that doesn't have access to what everybody else has, you feel left out. And there's no way to avoid that. I think that's the crux of the problem, Seth. I think the FOMO, fear of missing out, is giant peer pressure. To say nothing of the fact that uh, preteen girls and teenage girls have a reputation for not being the nicest human beings on the planet, it takes them a moment to uh, grow out of the preteen and teenage stuff they tend to do. I don't mean yeah, to- but Mean Girls is a funny movie. It is, um, except when it's happening in real life. And I've been listening to my daughter talk to me about my granddaughters and then my daughters, uh, my granddaughters talk to me about it um, because I'm supposed to be an expert in things social media. And while that might be true from a business to business perspective, and while we do understand how to target advertising very well and how uh, privacy laws are to be applied and some of the regulatory stuff that probably should be in place this is personal now, but why don't you tell me a little as look as a grandfather, it's one thing, but as a parent, it's something else. I was listening to the angst in my daughter's voice, but tell me, tell me some of the stuff that's going on in your world and maybe we can compare and contrast. And then um, I don't want to make this just a straight up bitch fest about Instagram, Snapchat, social media in general, but I would like to talk about some of the strategies that I have suggested and you know, maybe it'll help others. Maybe it'll help you. I don't know. But tell me, tell, tell me your side of the story. Well, by no means do I say that, you know, the way I do it is absolutely right. Uh, and I'm always open to feedback. Uh, what we have done is we have a very open dialogue with my kids. I have two children, both girls, uh, 13 and 10. Uh, the 13 year old um, knows that I have access to everything she does. And that I could spot check it at any time and I won't, but if I have reason to believe I will do it because I will go to all lengths to protect her. So if I start to notice a change in her behavior, if I start, start to notice she's becoming more secretive, if I start to notice, you know, vicious mood swings, the first thing I will do is I know the code to her phone. I'll say, give me your phone. I need it. And I'm taking it for, you know, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, and I'll read it. The thing that I've noticed now is it's become less about Instagram and more about TikTok. And it's been much more about the group chats. But Apple has, you know, evolved where you can have these group chats and you can add people to these group chats. And then what's gone on is she's involved in about six different group chats and I don't think she knows all the people that are involved. Um, Instagram, you know, what, what you talk about FOMO is, you know, they're at the bat mitzvah age. 
And if she's not invited to a, a party and a bunch of her friends are, and they post pictures from that party, there is a left out feeling that you and I used to feel Monday when we got to school. Right. Now it's right. Now it's instant. And it's worse because you see all the things you missed. Everyone's dressed up. Everyone's looking great. They're having their best time. And of course, Instagram is the place you put your very best pictures, right? It's not the place where you put um, every picture that would be somewhere else, <laughs> but not, but there. I, but I like, but I like that. And I like what COVID has done because I think COVID has eased her into that a lot more because for a good chunk of time, nobody was doing anything. Yeah, no, that's true. Everybody was kind of home. What we've seen in our family, my granddaughters are 11 and 13. So very close in age. Yep. Um, they live in a rural area that is very small. And so the school they go to is very small. Uh, the 10-year-old's class, I think there are 19 or 20 people in the whole grade and the 13-year-old. In the whole grade. And, and I think there are maybe 25 people in the whole grade for the 13-year-olds. Very small schools, private school, but it's very small in a very rural area. So it's, of course, very cliquish. The 13-year-old's camp friends are all on Snapchat. And so my daughter had no choice but to allow that. Instagram is what this, this, her school friends use and a little bit of Snapchat. And just like your daughters, there's an awful lot of private messaging going on in various mm -hmm. apps. WhatsApp apparently is being used quite, quite a lot. And like you, my daughter has access to her daughter's phones. But the issue isn't what they're doing on the phones because they're really not allowed to be on them. The issue is that in real life, they are being outcast because they're not part of the Instagram, Snapchat, WhatsApp chats. So they're not socially involved in the tribal activities. And therefore, when they get to school, they're not, they don't have a point of reference for conversations that their schoolmates do. So they, by default, get left out of the conversations, which by default leaves them out of the walking away from in the cafeteria or walking away down the hall, talking about something that was on Instagram yesterday or on Instagram this morning, which my granddaughter has no idea about. Right. But this was the exact conversation you and I had six months ago when I said that I just, I don't want parents to be put in that position. You're the parent that says, well, in my gut instinct is I don't want my kid to have Instagram, but now you're the only kid that doesn't have it. Yeah. There's we no way we that do that. Age, we, yeah, we there's can't. no way that setting an age is going to change that. Right. I mean, there's plenty of people below the age of 13 on Instagram and on every social network. It's they don't check in any way. If they made it 21, it wouldn't no, no, matter. No, you couldn't make the, in order to sign up for the account, you couldn't make it. You have to provide an ID. Yeah, and people would just fake it. They'd have their, they'd use their parents' accounts. So that, there's no way in the world you're keeping these kids off of social media. The question is, what do you do? What do you do now? Because there's two things here that are going on. That there, there's a strategic problem and there's a tactical problem. The tactical problem we've just talked about. The strategic problem is these are life skills that someone who is 10 to 13 year, years old needs to understand. It's as if you're taking away language, right? There are idioms, there are vernaculars, there are slang terms, there are, how do you sociologically recognize language when you go into a new environment? 
it takes you days, months, or years, depending on whether it's a foreign language, but it could be English. You go down to Louisiana and you go 50 miles to any side of New Orleans proper. There, it will, there's a patois that's spoken. It is some kind of a, a Creole. In some cases, it isn't Creole. It's pure English, but idiomatic English. You go to the Deep South. You go to... You, you go to anywhere in the country, you go to the south side of Chicago, you go to Los Angeles, you're going to find idioms, you're going to find ways people communicate, phrases they use that you are not familiar with. You go to um, my favorite foreign country where they speak English, which is the United Kingdom, you go there, they have different words for everything. They have different, you know, someone says brilliant, bloody brilliant. It's like, you'd never say that in the United States. I, that's not, you, you do that to mock a friend of yours. I love that. Yeah, that's my you new do phrase. that when you're when your friends in the UK are on on Zoom and you're trying to make the joke, but you would never. You and I are at a bar, and I turn around and go, "Bloody brilliant!" I wouldn't do it. <laughs> but so there are ways you speak on every social media platform that's different. You don't act the same way on Twitter. You do on Facebook. You do on Instagram. You do on Snapchat. You do on TikTok. They all have unique idioms, and it's important. When you look at someone in a conversation, when you read something, you are bringing to it your knowledge of context, your knowledge of the slang, your knowledge of the language usage. And so you're taking away an entire, strategically now, you're taking away the evolution of communication from your preteens and teens at a time when they are developing the social skills to understand what's being said and what it means. Nothing good can come of that. If this is the way of the future, if this is what's happening, we could sit back and say all day long, this is terrible, it shouldn't happen, but it is happening. So strategically, I have a problem with it. Tactically, it's shown itself as an impossible situation because you've got the meanness of, of teens and tweens, male and female, but look, teens and tweens, doesn't matter. They're, they're young and they can be very vicious. And it we talk about the more humanist we get, the more self-centered or, or narcissistic or, or human-centric we get. But I'm listening to real pain coming from my granddaughters, real pain, not fake pain, not, not made up pain. And whether it's real to me or not, it's absolutely vividly real to them. And thank you, Adam Ozeri. Thank you, Mark Zuckerberg. You've now put me in a situation where I don't have a, I don't have a great solution a great, I don't have a great solution at all. You know, I'd love to say, when I was a boy, we couldn't go to the mall because we were the good kids and the bad kids went to the mall. It's like, yeah, sure. The mall wasn't <laughs> in my pocket. The mall was a 30-minute walk. And everybody knew you. Uphill you'd, both ways. You'd be smoking cigarettes or doing something stupid or you'd have an open bottle of alcohol uh, or something. And I mean, you know, we were... That was a, it was a hundred years ago in the brown paper now. bag. You keep they kept the bottle in the it's a hundred years bag. ago, whatever we would have been doing at the Walt Whitman Mall in the middle of nowhere, sure. But the mall wasn't in our pocket. And now we have this delineation of quote, good kids, bad kids, or kids in the know. Not you, you can bifurcate this any way you want, nothing about it's any good. So your solution is what do you do with your two kids? Well, what we've done is we just we stay on it. And what I'm pleased to report is I like the group of friends that my daughter has. Um, I know who she's talking to. I know who she, she you know, what she does. She has a, a group of camp friends and she has a group of school friends. What I was very impressed with over COVID was 
she was learning the group FaceTime a lot so that if she was talking to two of her school friends and her uh, camp friend called, rather than say she had to go, she merged them together. And I I was very impressed with that. I, I, I just, I was really, really impressed. What I reiterate to my 13 year old is I always look at, you know, I, I have an open dialogue with her. I spend, you know, hours with her. And if I start to sense anything, she's, you know, she's excelling in school more than last year. I think the return to the classroom has really benefited her. She has, you know, a lot going for her. I'm, I'm in a good place. The 11 year old, we took TikTok off because what we did, what she was doing, she wasn't, she wasn't looking for anything nefarious, but she was seeing things that were scaring her. And we just said, you know what? It's not a part of your world. You don't, you don't need it. I'm sure there's going to come a day where she's going to ask for it back, especially considering my older one is constantly on it. I mean, that's, if I had a complaint, it's that she's constantly on TikTok. She, you know, waits, you know, uh, we're watching the devil's game and the uh, second period's about to start in about six minutes. She scrolled through 75 TikToks in that little commercial break like that. Yeah. I mean, I'm not, I'm I'm not one of those people who says my kid's perfect, but that if I had a a, a concern, it's that she's on that for you page constantly. Is it informing her fashion decisions or her, the way she wants that? Does she a little bit, a little bit. She, she, she knows things. She knows things about uh, politics that she's getting from TikTok. Um, She asks me about that. She knew about the Supreme court justice nominee, uh, she knew about the hearings. You know, she knows a lot about Ukraine. Um, she's getting it from TikTok. My favorite story, and I think I've told this on the podcast before, but my favorite story is the night that uh, there was the flooding in Essex County, New Jersey. Yeah. There was a story that leaked on TikTok that yeah. the animals got out of the turtleback zoo and that there were lions and tigers running on Northfield Avenue. And my kid ran downstairs like, daddy, daddy, there's penguins on, on Northfield Avenue. And I was like, hold on, what's your source? You know? So, so that's when we kind of taught her that there's, there's something to be said for it. What I don't hide, I, I'm not hiding Ukraine away because their old babysitter is Ukrainian and her brother and her brother's family is still there. So we've been living vicariously through the whole struggle and I'm sharing that with my my 13 year old because she's learning the real world. Yeah. And I what I want her to see is the real ramifications of what goes on is way beyond TikTok. Yeah. Quick, so yeah, quick, if quick. I had a complaint right now, it would be too much of TikTok. And Apple has parental controls, mm-hmm. but we until her grades suffer, like right now she's doing fine. So I don't see the need to restrict that. You can go into an app and say they can have 60 minutes of, of Instagram. You can say that. And then sure. once that, that goes off, they need a passcode to go back on it. And yeah. Apple, Apple's doing what it can do in yeah. that circumstance. Quick aside and a, a, a quick pivot. Ukraine is still happening in full force. It's, it's worse right now than, than it's been. It's over a month. If you're listening to this anytime in and around the time of the show's debut which would be in late march of 2022 if if you're uh yeah, if you're listening to this in the future and you know that 
you're it's because we're we hit the apocalypse and the world came to an end well yeah something else but if you're hopeful back in march 2022 what i would ask you to do is go to shellypalmer.com slash ukraine that's a simple url shellypalmer.com slash ukraine it's going to take you to a a site the, the today show site where the social responsibility team at nbc universal put together a list of vetted verified charities so if you can find it in your heart to give to the ukrainian people to help with the refugee refugee disaster that's going on there and to help these people rebuild their lives there's a lot of different charities that are doing a lot of great work there are also a lot of scam artists out there so uh, i love what nbcu has done it's shellypalmer.com ukraine it's an easy one to remember please if you can give if you feel like giving this nbc has done a good job vetting these charities and I, and I hope you'll find it in your heart to help these people out they need it desperately so thank you for that uh, you know Seth one of the things I like to say when it comes to children and social media all social media is when you taught your child to cross the street you grabbed their hand you said okay you stood at the curb let's look both ways let's look both ways again now we're going to walk purposefully across the street. We're not going to run, but we're going to get across the street as quickly as we can, as safely as we can. Did you do that once? And the answer is no, you did it hundreds of times, hundreds of times. And uh, as a joke, I'll be standing with my adult daughter who's got two grand, my two grand, the mother of my two grandchildren, and we'll stand on Madison Avenue. I'll grab her hand, say, I got across the street, and she'll laugh. That's how many times I did it. Social media is just like that. You can't abdicate parenting. And my daughter's solution to this is, as you, very, very involved. She's got the parental uh, tools in, installed to be aware of what's happening on the devices. So the tactical software to monitor is there. And if you have the parental will to monitor, that's also great. I hope people do have the parental will to do that. It, you know, it's not what it used to be. I remember leaving my house as a child in the morning on a Saturday and being yelled at if I was late for dinner. I didn't have a phone. I didn't have a way to call home. She, my parents didn't know what I was doing. They trusted me at age 13 to 12, 13, 10, 11, 12, 13 to just go play with my friends and come back in one piece. And for the most part, plus a couple scraped knees and chipped teeth and whatever else happens to you when you're a kid out in the wild, I came home and I'm here to this day. This isn't that. The problem that we need to solve for isn't good or bad parenting because intrinsically people are either good or bad parents. And that's, I think everyone's going to do the best they can. The problem we need to solve for is this real issue that the kids are facing when they are in in real life social situations that are fully informed by their behaviors on social media. And this adds a layer of complexity that just the pure monitoring of their social doesn't really allow control of. Now, you can't run D for your kids. You can't be on the playground, you know, and go there and beat up the other 10-year-olds because your 10-year-old's gotten, you know, bullied. You can't do that. But we also have to prepare in a way that we've never had to prepare. So how do, you, how do you fix this? Well, my father had an interesting way when I was 
not popular on the playground because I was playing music professionally in sixth grade and most of my friends were not. And so I would not be able to go to certain events or play sports in the afternoon because I had to practice. And then when instead of a weekend game, where how come you weren't at the game? It's like, well, I had a gig. You had a gig, punch in the nose, right? I mean, that kind of, so because I couldn't play in the normal reindeer games as a, as a kid, my dad made the world I lived in more interesting, more exciting and more fun than the world I thought I was missing out on. And that was, as I think back, really hard for him to do. And he did it, uh, I, I, I didn't, he passed away 13 years ago, so he, he missed all of this. But if he were alive today, I would thank him for the strategy that I didn't even understand. That he basically said, all right, you're not gonna be able to go and hang out at the mall. You're not gonna be able to go and do you know, certain things with your friends, but here, let's go to the city and we're going to this concert. Let's go to this, this jam session that's happening Thursday night in the Lower East Side of Manhattan. And we drive in from the island and you bring your saxophone and you'll sit in. And all of a sudden, I mean, these are where I met some of the greatest musicians in the world. And it was a more exciting, more interesting place than, sure. than my, than, than hanging out at the mall. And at a certain point, I ceased missing the things my friends were doing and there was a turning point. It wasn't till I was in high school, right? Late high school, 11th grade, 12th grade, finally got to college where my friends thought what I was doing was cooler than what they were going to do because the yeah. younger I was, the less it mattered. But he worked so hard. Now, everybody's kid is not a musician and everybody's dad didn't own a music store. And, you know, I, my father figured out the way he could figure it out for me. But I think the only, the only defense against this is to make, the thing they're missing not feel like they're missing it and that is unbelievably oh, hard. hard to do oh my goodness. it may be impossible it may not even be possible with the with with the world in your pocket as as these young people have today so here's what i'd like to have happen if you're listening to this podcast this is a problem that every one of us has whether you're a parent or a grandparent it doesn't matter yeah, if you don't whether have you kids need- then scroll to the next one well No, if you don't have kids, then you know kids. We all see young people around us who are struggling with this and parents struggling. I would love, truly love, appreciate and and welcome all the feedback you can send. You can send it to Shelly at ShellyPalmer.com. You can find me on Twitter or on Discord. We have a Discord server. It doesn't matter. I'm easy to find. Seth is easy to find. Uh, We have a TechStream Twitter account. You You can just post there at TechStream, just love to hear from you. How are you dealing with it? What what are the issues? And I'd love to even have some of you on the podcast. I wouldn't mind having an open discussion about this. This has become front and center in my world because of, honestly, the immense pain my granddaughters are in. And it was brought to my attention so vividly over the last couple of weeks as they've been back to school, as the masks have come off, you know, everything's in, in person now. And now it's like it was in 19, except It's not 2019. They're older and they're feeling it. And I'm watching this go down and it's actually heartbreaking. And I blame Zuckerberg directly and Adam Mosseri directly. They have made this an environment that is available to people who are 10 and 13. And Seth, our kids are below the age of 13, right? Our grandkids, my 13 year old is at the cusp. What is going on? Uh, You know, there's no way to protect technologically. They're not even trying So now I'm living in a world, thank you, 
Meta, thank you. And you know, Twitter's not even in this. It's really Snap and uh, Snapchat and and the Meta products, right? Instagram and uh, lesser TikTok. Facebook and TikTok and TikTok, which, as you and I have discussed many many times, is possibly the most addictive, best dopamine releasing technological releasing technological app ever created in the world. Uh, I'm addicted to it, so I don't know how any child couldn't be. I'm mean, fully addicted to it, and it just knows. It just knows all the things you like. It's great yep. uh, until it isn't. A lot and of Night Rider clips. Oh, un- until for me, it's a lot of woodworking sprinkled in the sprinkled in with stupid stuff I shouldn't be looking at. It makes no, my no. Wife Linda laugh. Carter. Linda Carter as Wonder Woman. I love those clips. I'm seeing all kinds of crazy stuff on on TikTok. That and uh, some idiots, you know, with their theories on the Marvel movies. <laughs> Yeah, that actually gets old. Everybody's very, got very an quickly. opinion. Yeah, that everybody does. Look, I just again, everybody, reach out if you can. This is a, a, a this is a subject we can only actually uh, help or fix or even start to fix by discussing it openly and honestly with people who are feeling the same thing we're feeling and experiencing what we're experiencing. It's an encounter group for parents and grandparents of kids who are social media age who aren't really old enough to deal with what's happening. We know that childhood suicide and teenage suicide is at record levels. We know a lot of it is related directly to their FOMO and their unformed, immature brains not being able to process the rejection that they're feeling and being left out. So this, I hate to make this dramatic, but it is kind of a life and death issue. And in many cases, it isn't like a life or death issue. It is a life or death issue. So please reach out. Let's see if we can get a good dialogue going. Um, At TechStream is where to find us. That'll do it for this week's episode. As we uh, wrap things up here, uh, don't forget, you can subscribe to this podcast. It comes into your inbox. If not, Find us on iTunes and Amazon and Spotify and all the other uh, places to, to, to listen to this podcast. We will see you next week.